1: Yeah, now we're recording now, Val. That's how this starts. Okay, welcome to Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs edition. I am your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today, as you have heard so far, that just realized we're actually recording, is Valerie life.
0: Willis. I know I'm the favorite co-host. Episodes. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> episodes. In case people wonder why she's not on the episodes all the time this is why <laughs> um our guest today is the amazing marissa wolf Woo! hello thanks okay let's talk about what we're drinking since val's not actually drunk on this one so that's surprising i'm drinking angry orchard hard fruit cider peach mingo so i'm excited about that i'm on round two um Marissa, I'll let you go first since Val's not paying attention. Go ahead. Yep.
2: Okay, I am ready. I have a Jameson whiskey and ginger, ginger and lime in a can. And I am also on two and or three. So I've, I've just turned a different color. It's fine. That's, it's
1: fine. All right, we like that color. We do. Okay, Val, what
0: are you drinking? <laughs> I don't know if I can nail this. <laughs> you it's can. I have faith in you. Some, some paleo green <laughs> yes, Very nice. I it says made with natural origin, not made with ingredients from natural origin of Italian oranges. So it's it's basically an orange and blood orange sparkling drink thing. Sparkling Italian sparkling drinks.
1: Okay, now you stop talking about your drink because
0: nobody. <laughs> <knows>. <laughs> I feel You're fancy sure. when I drink these. I've got some class thanks <laughs> to my drink. Yeah. Do so. you believe that? you know i do <laughs> every time every is like i give up drinking on this podcast it's
2: gonna happen it. at some point i am it's just gonna see you over key. my screen it'll be fine Slightly <laughs> all
1: right okay rapid okay. fire questions you mm. ready
2: ready what
1: is your favorite book of all time
2: shit um uh <sighs> now i've never read a book in my whole life my brain says no um Strange Cities by Italo Calvino.
1: Okay, why?
2: Um, it's beautiful. It's translated from the fancy Italian, as Valerie knows. Um, and yes, it's it's just it's just gorgeous. It's weird and interesting, and it makes you have the book hangover at the end, and you think about the world a little bit differently. Like, what if I fell through the cracks of the world right now?
1: I love that. What is your least favorite book?
2: Oh. I usually just stop reading them. Um,
1: Which is smart, by the way.
2: Yeah, I didn't, right? Like I got to 30 something, never having not finished. Like if I start a book, I finish a book. And then I was like, this is miserable. I don't like this. Um, uh, Return to Mars, who wrote that? It was not for me. Um, was it Ben Bova, Greg Benford? I don't know. It was somebody, an author who i had read multiple books by and loved. And then I read this one and I was like. What
0: turns you off on a book? Like, what is that pet peeve that you see it and you're like, nope,
2: nope. Yeah, either I hate everybody. Like no character has a redeeming quality to make me buy into the story. Or we spend so much time in the technical, like, let me show off how much science I know, but not so much in the actual story. I'm like, I mean, okay, I could go read a textbook. And sometimes I do, like I could go read some scientific articles. Cool, like I'm not reading that for this. Um, and then I just kind of fade out.
1: That makes sense. Um, what is your favorite trope?
2: I have like three. I love enemies to lovers, like a lot, a lot. Um, oh my God, I love it. And especially when there's like, it's like cranky and sunshine. Give me cranky sunshine. Um, and I, I'll, I'll limit myself to two. Also, found families. Found family is my jam. Like, sad, I'm always going to be alone character suddenly has this like beautiful family. Um, that they have discovered on their way oh my god always very cool
1: what about your favorite uh book to me movie or tv show like you sandman. You, what sandman
2: i can i can answer that now because i think if you had asked me that last year i'd be like yes um but i, lo- I love it i love the sandman series i love the sandman graphic novels
1: what's funny to me is some people have watched the sandman they're like it was very confusing and i'm like you didn't read the graphic novels did you because yeah it's very confusing
2: <laughs> yeah. if you're on a journey just go on the journey it's gonna be great yeah.
1: somebody was like i don't understand the cat episode and i'm like you will yeah
2: it's the logic of dream remember remember what character you're following he's the lord of dream um the logic of dreams applies it's gonna be great
1: so, in the present novel that you're writing, who would you cast as your lead character?
2: Oh sh- man, okay. <laughs> nope. This is good. These are good tricky questions. Um, I would put Anna Kendrick as my main character.
1: Ooh. I just love Anna Kendrick.
2: I loved
0: her in Mr. Right. That was Mr. A good- right is probably mm-hmm. my favorite movie with, with her. Right.
2: She's just she's a delight. She's funny. She's sassy, but she can be like locked in laser focused and that's my damn
1: like it okay what about a book to movie where you think they did an absolutely terrible fucking job
2: hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah yeah there's no none Although, of the
1: joy i will say is a huge fan of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy hmm. as far as movies go it wasn't the worst that they could have done no. It's very hard to put everything in that journey into mm-hmm. a movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I do have to say, I love the casting of that yes. movie. Yes, yep. So and I think- the casting made me very, very happy. I thought they cast the movie very, very well. And the characters okay. were very themselves. But yeah. you do miss uh, a whole bunch of parts yeah. of it. Have you ever seen the BBC version of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Mm-mm oh my god so douglas adams wrote it the screenplay or the screen screen yeah. tv it's kind of like red Dwarf. it was filmed in like the 80s so just be aware when you watch it go with that gotcha but he you can get it off of amazon you can order it i did because a friend of mine told me that was his favorite book and i'm like have you ever seen this series and he's like <laughs> no and i sent it to him and he's like oh dear lord because it's it's done in england so it's Uh, very red Dwarfy, monty python-y but apparently the scripts were written by douglas adams
2: okay okay no i'll watch okay then i will because you're right the casting was great um then i will retract it although it wasn't quite as charming as the book and i love that book so so much um but avatar the last airbender then is what i
0: was that was a hot mess that hurt my feelings it,
2: it had so much
0: potential, and then they they train wrecked that hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't watch
1: that because of that. Enough. Everybody said how terrible it was, and they're like, are you going to watch it? And I'm like, no, it's kind of like going, oh, this tastes bad. Here, try it. You, no. should,
0: you <laughs> smell this. You should smell hey, this. does this smell <laughs> terrible? smell it. Yeah. I'm, pretty I'm sure like you a, the, check. The Zim bag sucks. No.
1: Yeah. I am always like, I'm not that person. Thank you. I yeah. don't need you to give me your crappy food yeah don't have to hate watch yeah Yeah. so um what about if you could be any mythical creature you love writing sci-fi and fantasy what creature would you be a gorgon why
2: um i so i just wrote a short story um with a gorgon main character she's a private investigator um And it was great because she got to wear like the low brimmed hat and the big sunglasses and the trench coat, like keep the snakes undercover and keep from meeting anybody's eyes. Like Carmen Kerm- like, San Diego She's very Carmen yes. San Diego. Um, but like somebody annoys you too much, you can just be like, and look at them, and they're no longer going to annoy you. So,
1: except for depending on where you leave them as a statue.
2: Yeah. Well, and the, the tweak in that story is that, um, anyone who's been turned into a statue by a Gorgon, um, eventually learns to talk again, but only Gorgons can understand them. So she's constantly dealing with the chatter of statues. So that's a good point.
1: Yeah. I, I see that and I, I, it's terrible. I think of the logistics and I'm like, I could do that, but then Then, if they're in my office or whatever, then I, now they're in my office. Like what the, Frick! Am I gonna do with this human-sized statue in my damn
2: office? So one, you keep the sunglasses on, and you say, "Hey, let's just step outside for a second. <laughs> and then you change. it. all around my office <laughs> building are all I'm these kidding. statues. Like, it's a warning to the next people who come. Oh over. no! You have a drop-off behind your house. You can just okay, click. Bye, 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 bye. You clip. See how many like statues would be outside?
0: That
1: would be. Terrible.
0: There you go. Problem with being a gorgon.
2: I mean, everything's gonna come. And in how straight do you off.
0: convince them to pose before you freeze them, though?
2: Maybe well, you uh, show have me a the side show. business as like a yoga teacher. So you're like a yoga instructor gorgon. <laughs> you get them in a pose, and you're like, <laughs> you could. But
1: imagine if you're you. You can never have sex like missionary style as a gorgon, because if your glasses moved then you've got a statue on top of you
2: you blindfold blindfold
0: blindfold
1: i mean you'd have to do stuff but just think about some of these logistics you couldn't have spontaneous anything because you'd be like i need to go get my blindfold blindfold blindfold.
2: hey the kink community has us covered on this i think i think there are solutions for all of these issues (laughs) just saying
0: (laughs) oh man
1: (laughs) No, I'm adding that to your
0: list. <laughs> I know, and I was sitting here, and this is um, this is your fault, Erica. And all I can't even stare at the camera. Uh, and all I could think in the back of my head is, "What did the snakes do when she? Got they're
2: smelling. They're smelling the things.
0: How about getting giggity with the
1: gargoyle?
2: <laughs> you Can't turn them to stone. They're already stone. So that might be your solution.
1: That's true. Hashtag true. Okay.
0: Um, Val, do you have a question or are you mortified? I can't tell. Topic of potatoes. How do you prefer your potatoes? (laughs)
2: Uh, French fried or with garlic and rosemary.
1: Oh, um, French fried. What do you dip them in?
2: Oh, so I will do any kind of like bougie aioli um, or like those fry sauces that are mystery, but you know, they're like mostly ranch. I'm into it. Yeah.
1: No, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, What is your favorite weird food combination?
2: Um, Still to this day, French fries and Frosties.
1: Yeah, French what fries do? and Frosties. I don't think that's weird anymore.
2: Oh, you're right. Okay, but I, I think started-
1: every so. meal should come with a small Frosty. Three French fries.
2: Syrup and scrambled eggs.
1: Oh. Okay.
2: Like, If I just have scrambled eggs, I'm not going to like go get syrup and put it on there, but I will often on purpose get like, (laughs) get like, um, French toast with like an egg or two on the side. And then just like, oh no, my syrup is all over my eggs. Oh, it's terrible. It's not terrible. It's amazing. (laughs)
0: Like you said, better eat it and not let it go
2: to Oh no, more has fallen onto it. Oh, (laughs) I got to eat it again.
0: Well,
1: eating in a motorhome has got to be interesting, Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: you know, doing that what's your favorite motor home food when you guys are traveling
2: uh oh on travel days um i mean like from a restaurant the new place we've gone to um but i i do enjoy like a deli meat cheese roll-up situation like for the actual travel day so we're not getting fast food all the time those are good um and my husband makes a really good frittata um so that we don't have to make breakfast in the morning so it's just like eggs and vegetables and ranch dressing if i have some No, but a lot of branch
1: dressing. There's branch dressing. It's becoming very prevalent
2: in this. I don't hate Um,
1: it. I'm assuming you do e-reader now versus physical books, right? I do.
2: I have one shelf of books, um, but it's mostly e-readers, yeah.
1: That I would assume traveling, you'd have to have that. Yeah. Um. What? Oh, a question. (laughs) You are a host of a show.
2: She's still thinking about how to protect her Gorgon lover, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just you know. No, she's not. You can tell by the look on her face now that she wasn't, but now she is. I, oh. I <laughs> here, here uh, uh,
0: okay. Um, uh, what is the craziest thing you've had to do research for your for your novels?
2: Huh. I don't know about crazy, but I, I've just spent a lot of time on quantum entanglement, um, and it is cuckoo bananas, um, and I love it. It's like the more I read about it, the more I'm like, no, that's actually cuckoo bananas. And then, and then there's like more layers to the cuckoo bananas. So right now, Google is recommending a lot of um, articles to me, like to the point that they, I just got an article about how some re- researchers think that human consciousness is based on quantum entanglement. And so I feel like I've now gotten into the woo woo side of it, and I am into it. <laughs> yeah. No, do I get
1: you an have a problem stopping fine. yourself researching. Ooh. I do.
2: Um, I am very much a rabbit hole person. But what I will usually do, especially when I'm on a deadline, which I usually have to be on a deadline. I will set a timer and I will give myself like a good whatever time it is, and then I'll jot down notes in a comment and I'll come back to it later, or I'll say this is good enough. And when it's edits, I'll go see if there's more.
0: Awesome. What's so your uh, worst writing habit? Would you say you have? Like, I, I, I tend to cling on cliche and cling on a word, and it changes per novel because I, I learned my lesson from the last time. Uh-huh, you don't There's use that one thing. I crutch on so everyone sighs in this novel. Everyone glances in that novel. Yeah. And-
2: so two, two, I have two crutches. Um, one is the M dash, which I am obsessed with. And sometimes like even now I just was going through um, edits and I was like, okay, this is, this is just a comma. <laughs> like this is a second sentence. You don't have to dash it. It's okay. So that I get a little over the top. And it's also the, um, almost all of my characters I have noticed, <clears throat> I don't know where this comes from, are in denial about something. Like, very strong denial. It's like, I don't even care about that, or whatever it is. It's like they just shove something down. They're always shoving something down. I'm like, I really, really might need to just let that stop being a thing. <laughs> shoving it down.
1: That's okay. All of my characters realize things. Oh, yeah. This one realized it. That one realized it. Yep. Actually, one of our good friends came up with another one. I was talking to her about it because she downloaded mm-hmm. her audiobook. And then that's going to be a question I have for you. Mm-hmm. And she was listening to her audiobook, which authors, I warn you, that is a whole shit show that. that you can yes. get into listening to your audiobook because you're going to hear every single problem. The people may not be doing the voices the way you had them in your head. It's mm-hmm. just back away. But some people can listen to it. I do it because I do it before I write my next one. That's my things to to (laughs) like, what did I say in the last one? Audiobooks, now I'm good to go because I can do that doing chores or whatever. Uh But she realized everybody goes outside. Like outside. This was outside and they saw it. This was outside. She used the word outside like a zillion times. She's like, I have to write that down. Mm-hmm. She has no idea why everything was
0: outside. Our other co-host, she tends to give everyone J names. <laughs> That's nice. the
1: same person Val that I'm talking oh. about. J. she
0: replaced the J name issue with the outside issue. That's what's happened. Now it's outside.
1: So, now everybody's. Outside. She also used to shrug. People shrug, bite lips, like we tend to. Use the same thing, so you have to put a little post it of all the things you got to go through. Can't do this. Troll find how many times you said, you know, they.
2: Uh huh. Uh-huh. They did.
0: They said. I remember at one point I kept using, uh, what is it called? The whole simile thing, right? So da da as if da 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 every every other sentence. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Just say the thing. Just say it's the thing you nope, like, gotta compare. You don't have to compare it to everything else. Everything is comparable.
2: Yeah, we uh, the first novel, my Casey, my first co-author and I uh, sent in. We had an amazing, amazing editor, and she highlighted this one paragraph that I had written, and she was like, "All right, Marisa." I will give you one necessary, but you cannot have six necessaries in this paragraph. And I was like, there is no way that I put six. Yep, I sure did. There are six necessaries. (laughs) (laughs) Something was unnecessary. Something was necessary. Something was necessarily. It was awful. Um, And after that, the next two books that Casey and I have written together, part of our editing process is reading it out loud to each other for that audiobook reason. It, It caught so much there's more stuff i'm sure but it caught so
0: much yeah, my, microsoft word has a read out loud option that you have Ugh. to kind of go in the underbelly and do and yeah. as painful as it is to hear the the very painfully obvious computer voice it's <laughs> still worth it yeah. all of a sudden i'm like wait what did they say I'm like, that doesn't make that sense that <laughs> can't be right <laughs> that, that, yeah that can't you be you don't right. want
1: to hear it when either a you're reading it out loud because somebody's asked you to read part of your story oh my
2: god Yeah
1: or B, when you're listening to the audiobook version and you're like, what did I, what is that in the manuscript? And then you <laughs> look it up and you're like, oh yeah, it is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I didn't and write that. Did I write that? Oh, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote that. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about people coming to you about characters. One of the things <laughs> I always find interesting is as much as we love the main character, people like Bob the Barista in the book, Huh. Who you maybe didn't have even a backstory for Bob the Barista, but he's there. Mm-hmm. So I keep saying this on the podcast. I feel like somebody's going to write the Bob the Barista book in some point in time. But have you encountered that where people come up to you about um, the side characters that you use to do a plot thing, and you're they're like, "Oh my god, my favorite character was Teresa," and you're like, mm-hmm.
2: who the first- like, "Who? Wait, was that in there?" <laughs> Who's Teresa? and
1: of yes. course we can't do that to the fans we're like oh i
2: love her so much too yeah um yes so the beauty of so casey and i did a trilogy um and the beauty of it was we had a slightly throwaway character who was just so sassy um which i, I love a good sassy character And she became the viewpoint, one of the two viewpoint characters in book three, because people responded so strongly to her um, that she just ended up being a a protagonist. And because I also was like, people love her. I love her. So excuse. Thank you.
1: (laughs) You're like, cool, 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 cool. This is for me
2: now. Thank you so much. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Val? Oh, now it's my turn again. Mm -hmm. Let's what about okay I'm going to ask another question you're actually supposed to be co-hosting the show oh. <laughs> so you have to think about questions to ask the person and not get asked to ask the person a question on the show
2: rapid fire that,
0: it's supposed a to be rapid tour, fire I had like two or three and then they went out the, the window and I don't remember what they were
2: I bet they were awesome
1: so what about meeting fans what has that been like for you
2: Um, so it's been really fun. So I've written in these shared universes, right? And so they come with established fans. Um, and that has been really fun. Um, especially when they bring me like, I'm not saying you have to bring presents. You definitely don't have to bring me presents, but when they bring me presents, like a murder kitty merch. So we've got these cat assassins. And so this amazing gentleman brought me a patch of a cat with a knife in its mouth. It's just like a murder cat oh my god I love it I love it so much um I've also had uh first tattoo like first character tattoo was really cool um and seeing cosplayers so I was an author's first cosplayer with a friend of mine um at Con a couple of years ago Naomi Novik um we cosplayed as uh dragon captains dragons it's a theme um and she was like oh my god you're my first cosplayer this is amazing um and I was like oh that's nice that makes me feel nice and then like four or five years later, um, I was at a convention and somebody was like, yeah, don't you know I'm as, cosplaying as this character from your book? And I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I can't, like, I just, like, my heart beats really fast. I'm so excited. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God.
1: It is definitely one of the most sincere forms of flattery.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. It's just is it, the, it,
1: the cosplaying of a character from a book.
2: I love it I so much. I'm
1: terrified right. of that from some of my books but just don't show up with blood on you it's fine yeah
2: not real yeah. blood anyway just like it's spatter would be okay but not real yeah
1: exactly but not <laughs> not real blood no, real thank blood. you Big blood, it's the cosplay yeah. blood
0: just fake, fake. Yeah. um what advice would you give uh an author for co-authoring we don't get co-authors mm-hmm. very often so i i'm curious to see what kind of advice you would give them
2: so I have now co-authored with four different people. Um, and I think it's one talk up front about how you're going to do it and then be honest along the way. If things aren't working the way you thought, like it's the same as doing anything with anybody. Like you set, you set ground rules and then you get into it and you're like, Ooh, yeah. So I said, I like this thing, but I don't like that thing. <laughs> like that is not working for me. So can we do this? Like communication is the most important thing. And then being real and direct about what you want. Like you cannot make somebody guess after you. It's the same as like a good management experience at a job. Like you can't expect people to imagine what's in your head. You have to tell them. Um, and especially writing can be so personal. Um, you really want to be upfront and honest about what works and doesn't work for you. So I had um, recently, I co-authored um, with Chris Kennedy and it was, amazing because we totally um, trash talked each other in the best way, but like, oh, you wrote 3,000 words today. I'm going to write 4,000 words today. And then we did, and it was amazing. Um, But like, I wouldn't have done, if one of my other co-authors had done that to me, I'd be like, why are you being so mean to me? Like it just, the personality. you've got to go with like how your personality is working. um, And you've got to be honest about that. And then it can be so much fun or the most frustrating thing you've ever done. Um, And so much of that comes down to your writing style and their writing style and how you communicate throughout the process. Um, And the biggest piece of advice that I have learned the hard way three times because I'm an idiot is write your outline down. Do not get so excited with your co-author plotting on a call that neither of you writes it down (laughs) and then you have to replot your book three times.
0: Yep, yep. Yep. No, nope. I agree. And
1: I think getting to know personality wise your co author makes yeah. a huge difference. Like, do you actually get along with them? Yeah, because do you, you don't you
2: like do them as a person, don't write with them in a way.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I and during
0: agree. the 20 years of fan fiction, as it were,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: what piece of advice or critique has stuck with you to help you in, in what you do
2: now? <sighs> Not every Yeah I think it's just because you intended to do something in a story doesn't mean you did it or it doesn't mean that it's going to work the way you think it will for every reader um so there was once I mean it was a lot I was probably in my early 20s and somebody really didn't like something I did in a story and I don't even remember I remember the feeling very clearly but I don't even remember what it was I did but it hurt her feelings in some way um and I remember being like, I didn't do that on purpose. What is wrong? Like, it's not about you. It was about these characters. And then I actually thought about it, like got over myself and thought about it. And I was like, oh, so I knew what I meant to do here, but you don't know as the reader, what I meant to do here. And so what you take from it is you, yes, for sure. But also I need to be careful about the fact that I am saying the things I mean to say and not Sending out unintentional messages that are going to make people feel icky. um So there's like, there are some commitments I have made to myself over the years of like, I'm never, I'm just not going to have sexual assault in my books. I'm just not, I don't want them. I don't, I, if I can come up with a world that has dragons, I can come up with a world that does not have rape. Thank you so much. Like the end. Um, but like these are agreements I make with myself and I want to make those very clear to my reader when I can too of like, you can trust that these things will or won't happen. Like I will take these characters seriously or I will, um, I will take, feelings i'm trying to get from you seriously and not just have a toss-off character that makes you feel like i'm belittling gay people or anything like i want to be very intentional with what i do um and i wish i could remember the exact thing she was critiquing me on but i just i remember the defensiveness and then the oh i need to be more thoughtful with what i do
1: no it makes sense it makes sense um Okay, Val, final question, my
0: friend. Question. What is, um, so I always like to ask this question, like when you sit down to get ready to write, like is there a certain food, drink or, or, or arrangement or music or anything? Like what is your writing ritual when you sit down to, to get into it? What do you need going on at any given point?
2: Uh, fun fact it is different almost every time um so sometimes I need music sometimes music makes me itchy and I can't focus at all um I would say the constants are I have water I have to be comfortable like I cannot so right now like I'm sitting in my office I don't have the right pillow behind me so I'm like shifting a lot like I'm not at quite the right height so I would not be a productive writer here but most of this novel that I just finished I was on my couch with my feet stretched out on the ottoman like pillows burrowed all around me a dog at my side water on my side just writing um so I guess I need a dog comfort and water and everything else comes and goes there you <laughs> yeah. go yeah. I love that I love that okay
1: shameless self-promotion time my friend where can yes. people find you in your books
2: Yes. So you can come to my website, uh, marisawolf.com or .net. Um, As I like to say, I go both ways. And you can find me there um, at bookdogs on Instagram for pictures of my books, pictures of my dogs, and bonus RV travels. Um, You can join my newsletter on my website. You can find me on Amazon. Um, And those are the big things. Come hang out with me at cons. I don't know. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um,
1: thank you so much for being on this podcast and putting up with Valerie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Valerie, you're a delight. Oh. A delight, I tell you. Yeah,
1: I <laughs> no, know. Valerie Everybody is, is a delight. No, I know. Thank you, I- thank you so much for being here and <laughs> us exploring the gorgon and potatoes. I appreciate both of those.
2: Potatoes are so important.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and guys... This has been drinking with authors, the literary briefs edition. I've got weird lighting in my office, so now I'm glowing yeah, weirdly. you are
2: glowing. Yeah.
1: It's, it's very uh, getting closer, slightly
2: darker. Yeah. Think. It's
1: very awkward. Anyway, this is <laughs> Literary Briefs Edition. I've been your host, Erica Lance. Co-host been Val Willis. Our guest has been Marissa Wolf. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and please feel free to comment or leave a review. We'd love to see that. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.
0: Bye you know what now is a good time for it's time for a promo for the cosmic pizza podcast the cosmic
1: pizza podcast you say Hmm, that sounds delicious what is that it's a delicious slice
0: of life in every episode in every episode where we talk about conspiracy theories cartoons of our childhood star trek quizzes movies that we've liked fundraising general pop culture fantasy recasts but what we don't talk about is pizzas right here on the eso network